it's a good thing this isn't like a multi-million dollar production. Can you imagine being that guy on like a sitcom or a movie set that forgot to press record? Yep. Yep. That I, it's a, it's a multi-dollar production, so I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> Two best um friends. I will drive down there to beat you. We were very cool in high school. Who think they know football? I just went on a really long tangent there about Brett Favre. I have to pay more attention to lies this year. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. Ourlads.com, Pro Fancy Football, Pro Football Reference, ESPN. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We are diehard football fans that just want to talk football. The 2M Football Show starts now. Hey everybody, Mike and Matt here with another exciting episode of the 2M Football Show. We're here with our... It's not midnight! It's not midnight. We're recording during the day. It's so exciting. Let's see if the energy level is different. <laughs> Wait, should we should we should we act like we normally do just to make sure nobody notices? Oh, I'm so tired. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try to take advantage of this opportunity and have a uh, have a good show. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to keep my hopes up, but I I, I appreciate the 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 valor and vigor. <laughs> Same here. Um, so yeah, this is our, our, what I titled our week one and a half episode. Yeah. That kind of threw me off. (laughs) I was trying to think of something that would be more concise than week one recap slash week two preview. And this is what I came up with. So let me know what you think. (laughs) You know what? So far, I guess I can approve of it. I can't complain yet, but let's, let's test run this. Let's give it, let's give it a gold, good old college try. Cool. Thanks. We'll see what the fan singular feedback is. (laughs) We're looking at you, Nick. But yeah, so on today's episode, we will, of course, recap week one. We're going to talk about most of the games, at least in some capacity, sprinkling some team news that came out of those games. Of course, we will then preview week two, make all our game picks, uh, preview some of the top matchups of the week. And uh, I did we'll, none of this. Oh, God. Okay. Then we'll enter the fantasy. That's okay, Matt. You can make your picks on the fly. I'm sure that'll go fine. <laughs> and when it works... I look like a genius. And when it doesn't, I look like I normally do. I'm a freaking moron. Win-win. <laughs> and then uh, we'll enter the fantasy corner, of course, to close out the show. But first, yes! the first week of NFL action is in the books. Matt, how do you feel? I'm aggravated. I'm frustrated. And I have a lot of question marks. That's fair. That's fair. I actually feel really, I uh, feel pretty good. It was an exciting week of games. We had two overtime games in week one. Oh, including Monday night, which was so good. That is the one that I will admit right off the bat. I fell asleep. I couldn't stay up that late. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. That's okay. That game had more importance to me than it did for you. So That's right. Your Raiders in action for the first time. And we'll, we'll talk about that game, of course. But do we have to start this off with terrible news? Do we have to? Let's just get it out of the way. Um, so, yeah. So, starting our week one recap, we're going to start with the upsets of the week. And maybe the biggest one of all, definitely the biggest one of all by the numbers, the Green Bay Packers. How about, how about the Packers the bed? They did. They, 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 they pooped it really, really bad. They, <laughs> they lost. So, they, they played the Saints 
in Jacksonville, actually, because uh, New Orleans is impacted by the, the hurricane still. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was technically a home game for the Saints, though they didn't play in their home stadium. Uh, the Packers were on the road, though, and they lost 3-38. to And uh, this was this, uh, they were four-point favorites coming into the game, which makes sense. I would have picked them. Jameis Winston's first game as the starter, question marks in the Saints receiving core. Uh, but none of it really mattered. Obviously, it didn't play out that way. The Packers got down right off the bat super early in this game, and the Saints were just kicking their ass in times at time of possession, which that was the one thing we did talk about, that uh, the Packers still can't tackle Alvin Kamara, and that was true. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> I don't have too many specific details. I was actually watching the, uh, the men's U.S. Open finals during the same time, especially once wow. I saw the score. I was like, oh, pff, I'm not watching that. Garbage. <laughs> but the Packers were down 17 to nothing. Come right before halftime. This was one of their po- few, one of their few positive drives of the day. They actually drove it down the field, got into position um, to to kick a field goal at least before halftime to go down by just two touchdowns. Coming into the third quarter, they had the ball outside of halftime. And do you remember just off the top of your head how many interceptions Aaron Rodgers threw last year? I think it was. Well, I know the offense had eleven giveaways last year, wasn't it? So eleven interceptions oh actually only five of those were interceptions by rogers just five picks the entire year okay uh you know how many he threw in this game oh uh, wasn't it two or three it was two yeah on, on almost back-to-back plays and i actually fault him for both of them and one of them was winning that drive in the third i quarter. fault him for a lot of the offensive woes. yeah 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 there are a lot of uh lot of memes and internet speculation that he's that he's throwing i don't know if you saw the play but this was the moment that i knew that green bay wasn't didn't have a chance rogers was was in the gun he took took the snap i think it was only a three-step drop um i think it was the right guard didn't pick up the blitz or somebody somebody missed an alignment Mm -hmm. and rogers has made his career off of getting out of sacks so this guy has an open shot, and Rodgers just stood there and took the hit. Oh, yeah. He, I should have written that down. I think he, there were a bunch of sacks he took, too, and that was a big one. Uh, the first interception was because of pressure, too. He, they were in the red zone trying to cut the lead. If they had scored there, it would have just been a seven-point game. Maybe they could have climbed back in. But, yeah, he got under pressure quickly. The pocket was collapsing around him. He sort of made a desperation throw to Devontae Adams, but it was off target and got picked off. The, the thing about it is that it was second down, you know, he didn't necessarily need to try to force it. Just take, that was a situation where I think he should have just taken the sack, try again on the next play, but it was picked off for situational awareness was not there. And that's very uncharacteristic. Right. Right. And in this particular instance, after the pick, the defense actually did get a stop, but on two pass attempts later, Rogers threw another interception. And this one was a deep shot to MVS that had absolutely no chance. He overthrew him by about five yards. He was double covered. The safety was right there and, and made the play on the ball. And that one did lead to another state's touchdown. At that point, it was 24 to three, pretty much over. And the Packers admitted defeat in the early in the fourth quarter. They pulled Rodgers and most of the starters and Jordan Love actually played with uh, most. And of they, the they got better. I mean, you could say that by the numbers, he looks better. <laughs> he still fumbled at the end and the game was lost anyway. The Saints probably pulled their starters too. 
But, uh, but yeah, yeah. All right. So that was a debacle. That was a debacle. Not for Jameis Winston, though, on the Saints side. He threw for only 150 yards, which is really funny because uh, he also had five touchdowns. <laughs> and uh, most importantly, no picks. He actually had one that uh, was called back on a penalty. So it doesn't show up on the stat sheet. And uh, I just noticed, just in the highlights, he picked on Kevin King, who remains employed by the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> You're right. very anti-King. Down right. with the monarchy. Yeah. I think I feel the same way about uh, Kevin King at this point that you do about Dom Capers. <laughs> <laughs> just, just why does he have a job? Every time I hear his name or I'm reminded of his existence. <laughs> <laughs> trying to say I have pent up aggression with Dom Capers? I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. Any other, anything else to say about this game? We can move on and never think about it again. All I hope is that this is a one-off and Rodgers is right. It's only one game. But if he doesn't start playing, uh, from both a fantasy and a fan perspective, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> well, they've got they almost lost because of him. <laughs> yeah, he was terrible for fantasy. I think uh, Jordan Love actually did outproduce him in, in terms of fantasy football points, which is, yeah, which is funny. To get the Lions this week, though, it's a good recipe for a bounce back. If he cares. We'll see. Yeah, that's, I guess that's the question. Is this his uh, one last – is this his last dance with the Packers or is it like a revenge tour? <laughs> he's just going to tank them. Time will tell. Other uh, upsets, the Chargers actually went into Washington, beat the football team 20-16 to 16, where uh, they had been two-and-a-half-point home favorites. The biggest storyline here – well, there are two, actually. The One is that Ryan Fitzpatrick, unfortunately, showed his age, broke his hip – uh, just kidding. He dislocated his hip in the second quarter. <laughs> he and, fell when he couldn't get up. Yeah, exactly. He didn't have life alert. <laughs> and uh, Taylor Henneke came in and played the rest of the game. Uh, Fitzpatrick is going to go on IR and is expected to be out six to eight weeks. So that's not great. But Henneke showed he could play. He's, he's not a bad player. He's a, he's a pretty solid backup to have. Uh, but to me, the biggest storyline here is the Chargers held on to a lead. <laughs> I know, right? They, they went up 20-16 to 16 early and in the fourth quarter. And they held it. That was the final score. My goodness, are we seeing a, turner point, a turning point for Chargers Nation? I don't know. Possibly. Maybe. Kind of feel well, it's only it's, one weekend. But to I, quote Rodgers again, it's only one game. Right. That's the biggest thing to keep in mind here is uh, all of us as football fans tend to overreact to week one because it's the first time we're seeing all these teams in real action. But we do need to keep that perspective. It's just one game. Don't it's tell me what season. to do. <laughs> it's, a, it's a longer season than usual with one extra game. And, uh, yeah, so. Well, we got to do this for, like, 18 more weeks. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Let's, uh, let's speed it up then. Steelers beat the Bills in what was maybe personally the most surprising game of the week for me in that uh, the Bills were held down to just 16 points. Like, we knew the Steelers' defense was good, but it's Josh Allen, you know, MVP candidate from last year. And the Bills were actually favored by six and a half points at home in this one. So, Yeah, this was another team that just, I don't know what happened. They just completely, I don't know, were underwhelming, I guess. Yeah. Explosiveness wasn't there that we'd expect. And the Bills. And to defense. me, I wasn't all blown away with the Steeler offense, but no, you know, no, I was going to say, Bills defense looked pretty but good. At the end too. of the day, they did what they needed to do. Uh, yeah, I'm impressed by the Steelers. Uh, at least their defense, like you said, with all those weapons in the passing game, it seems like they, uh, like Big Ben, should be able to do a little more with that. 
But either way, they went on the road and got the week one win, and it was a big one. TJ Watt was a huge part of it. And uh, remember, there were talks of a potential holdout because they were still working on that contract extension. Uh, but they got it done middle of the week before before the game, obviously. And uh, it's a four-year, $112 million deal. I think he's now the highest-paid defensive player in the league. And he looked great on the field, too. They, he showed exactly why they needed to keep him around. So good uh-huh. job by them getting that done. Let's see. The, the Vikings went into Cincinnati, play the Bengals, who were um, – or the, the sorry, the Vikings were the favorites. They were favored by three points going into this one on the road. Uh, they were they were actually down most of this game. The Vikings were. Joe Burrow looked pretty good in his first game back from that ACL injury. Uh, Vikings were down ten points in the fourth quarter. They were able to tie it up. Cousins and Thielen had a nice game. Yes, Cousins uh, did. Yep. <laughs> However, then in overtime. The Vikings were driving, but Dalvin Cook lost a fumble, and that ended up being recovered by the Bengals, giving them the chance to get the win, and, and they kicked the field goal to win it in overtime. Yeah, way to go, Cook. Yeah, yeah, he blew it. But Burrow looked good, and so did Jamar Chase, their first-round pick this year. The entire – put it in this perspective, the entire NFC North lost. Yep, they sure did. Um. And the Vikings, we talked about in the offseason, all those free agents they brought in to try to fix the defense, got some guys back from injury, but they got they got kind of run over by Joe Mixon and, and shredded by Burrow. There were some highlights going around of Patrick Peterson, the Vikings' new cornerback, just getting absolutely turned around by uh, Jamar Chase's route running. And he had a big week one, big professional debut. And that connection there between Burrow and his former teammate from college, it looked real and it showed up right away. So... Good job by the Bengals. Okay, this one actually might have been the most disappointing and surprising. The Jaguars went into uh, Houston, play the Texans, where the Jaguars, even though they, despite being one in fifteen last year, they were still road. They were favorites. They were favored by three points on the road going into Houston, and I agreed with that. Houston, you know all the. Deshaun Watson situation, just all the news around well, the that whole team. team was in a state of debacle. So I was like, I don't know how fast they're able to pull and field a serviceable team. Right. Apparently. Apparently. Apparently, uh, Jacksonville's even worse. <laughs> Maybe we were a little too close to jump on the Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence bandwagon because he looked kind of rough in this one. Three interceptions, did score three touchdowns, some of it in garbage time, but. Uh, a bigger concern, I think, is this defense, which is weird. And not weird in that they were bad last year, too. But as recently as, like, three years ago, the defense was the strength of this team. But not anymore. They gave up 450 yards of offense to the Texans, quarterbacked by Terod Taylor, who shredded them through the air with the receiving core consisting of one man, Brandon Cooks. That was enough. Nailed it. That was enough. The run defense was okay in terms of yards per carry, but – the Texans were up this entire game, so they were able to just keep running and ultimately got over 150 yards on the ground. Some of those coming from Taylor himself, who's kind of a dual-threat quarterback. But I was really surprised by this one. I was upset because David Johnson put up more points than freaking Derrick Henry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we're going to talk about the Titans in just a second here. But, yeah, the Texans got all their running backs involved. I think all three of them had a touchdown. Lindsey um, – 
Johnson. Groom and Johnson. Yeah, they all had touchdowns. And a really, really rough week one for Jacksonville, whose losing streak extends. Uh, like I said, they were one in 15 last year. Their one win came in week one last year. So that's, uh, what is that? 16 losses in a row. And meanwhile, the Texans, I guess they're not going 0 17. <laughs> they got a win here. I still don't think they're good, but I think this loss says a lot about the Jaguars. I mean, maybe, maybe we got to give a little bit of credit to the Texans and say that tenacity rolled the day. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'll give I'll give their new coach some credit for David Colley some credit for getting the team ready to play despite all the distractions around Deshaun Watson. But you know, given the, the the sad state of the Jacksonville defense, we have to wait until they actually play right a, a serviceable team. Yeah, Lawrence will improve. I think the offense will be fine, but the, I think this defense is in for a long year. All right, Dolphins beat the Patriots on the road where the Patriots were three-and-a-half-point home favorites in uh, Mac Jones' first game. I think I picked the Dolphins to win, didn't I? You did. You did correctly. I had picked the Patriots. It was an interesting kind of defensive struggle between these two teams who are, of course, division rivals. And uh, a couple key fumbles by the Patriots running backs sort of sealed it and prevented them from – kind of completing the comeback because I think the Dolphins were up the whole game. Uh, Tua looked pretty good. He had a rushing and a passing touchdown. And it just, at this point, was when I realized when I was writing the notes that all the rookie quarterbacks lost in their debuts. (laughs) Trevor Lawrence against the Texans, uh, Mac Jones here in this game against the Dolphins, and then also Zach Wilson lost against the Panthers. I was upset about that. Sam Darnold, though, had a pretty nice fantasy day for me. I was very happy. (laughs) All right, let's talk about your favorite team, the Titans. You know what? Why do you say it like that? <laughs> you I don't hate it. the Titans. I hated Derrick Henry. Okay, let's talk about your favorite running back, Derrick Henry. Okay, thank you. Fourth <laughs> overall pick in our fantasy draft. I feel like I've said he this. sits on the couch on Sunday and ate a bowl of cornflakes instead of played football. I was pissed. <laughs> I feel like I've said this like three times already, but no, actually, this was the most shocking game <laughs> because the Titans. Yeah, you've said that for every upset one. Fans, yeah, that's why they're called upsets. Yeah, I guess so. Good, good point. Uh, the Titans were three-point home favorites. Made sense to me. I thought they'd win this easily, given what I thought was the state of the Cardinals. <laughs> but man, the Cardinals just dominated both sides of the ball here. We knew the Titans' defense would be a concern. They overhauled their entire secondary this offseason because of how bad they were last year. So that's going to take some time to get cohesion with that group and whatever, figure out how to play together. But Right. You figure week one is a, week one through three is probably the roughest for these newer teammates. Yeah. Yeah, and Kyler took full advantage. But he's rough. I don't know. <laughs> But what surprised me more than that was how ineffective the Titans' offense was. Like you mentioned, Henry was held in check, uh, less than three and a half yards per carry. But this offensive line line didn't exist. That I thought was going to be good. I thought they're one of the higher-ranked offensive lines. But Chandler Jones alone for the Cardinals had five sacks and two forced fumbles, which is just insane. The Cardinals' defense had six sacks on the whole. J.J. Watt's first game with them. Uh, looks like he's going to make an impact. Isaiah Simmons, who was uh, their rookie linebacker, first-round pick last year, had a big game. It was just domination by the Cardinals. 
I guarantee you that Titans locker room after the game was not a pretty one to be in. I think that's accurate, probably, yep. And, okay, that's all I had for upsets. There were a lot. Week one, no one really knows what to expect, I guess. We think we do, but <laughs> then we quickly – Clearly won. not. The Texans won. <laughs> Let's talk about our playoff sleepers, and I'll let you Ooh. go first. So, as you know, I picked the Falcons and the Raiders this year. I don't have much to say about the Falcons due to the fact that they got blown out of the water 32-6 to <laughs> by the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. That, that's and, a game that I called correctly, but I didn't think it would be this one-sided. And I decided, you know what? I should do some homework. I didn't get to see the game. Let me look at the highlight list. Mike, you weren't kidding. But it's not found. <laughs> it was – I watched – an offense that just – it would work fine between the 20s and then could not close. I saw a very little connection between Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley, who we anticipated was going to be a great – Kyle Pitts didn't seem to be heavily involved. And then the bigger issue, as has been the problem in Atlanta for a while, was the defense. Um, the linebackers just were terrible at tackling. They, the Eagles really just ran through the, the Atlanta defense. So, for this week, the Falcons are, have been defeathered and did not take flight. <laughs> nice. However, I feel vindicated that the Raiders came out. And win or lose, they fought in this game. And this, to me, was the exciting one. It's Monday night. Yeah. Mike I fell asleep. Yeah, I fell asleep. I feel bad about that. <laughs> Do you, though? Well, I, I did when I woke up the next morning and saw what had happened. Okay, so here's what happened. I, I was watching the game. I was already in bed. Kids were asleep. I'm like, man, I should just take advantage and get some sleep. It was the fourth quarter, less than a minute left. Raiders were, Ravens were driving about to kick a field goal. I'm like, okay, this game's over. I'm just going to go to sleep. Figuring they would kick the game winner with no time on the clock. Woke up the next morning to see that it had gone to overtime. <laughs> and the Raiders had actually won. Yeah. I, and, that, and that was the point where I was like, damn it, I should have stayed up. <laughs> um, yeah, to point to prove, uh, Raiders defensive and Max Crosby was named yes. AFC Defensive Player of the Week because of his, his performance. That guy was a monster. <laughs> um, but, again, to put everything in perspective, because you had made a comment early on, too, that the Raiders' defense looked great. I need everyone they to did. keep in mind, this Raiders team was barely fielded. Um, during practice prior to the game, they lost two additional players. Uh, their third running back, Dobbins, out. Justice Hill, out. Gus Edwards, yep. out. Yep. Um, they signed Le'Veon Bell and uh, Devontae Freeman to the practice squad, and then they had also picked up Latavius Murray who, yeah. um, from, from the Saints. Uh, but more importantly, what I thought was big and impactful was they lost their cornerback, Marcus Peters. Yeah, that, so, really, that really hurt. So to me, for the, from the Ravens' perspective, I'm like, okay, they're not going to be able to run the ball because, of course, they know Lamar Jackson is great with his feet. They're going to have to air the ball out. However, they, they, the Raiders' defense showed up and played football. Yeah, I mean, even though – in the end, they gave up 27 points. Uh, I, I was impressed overall. Like They sacked Lamar three times. That's not easy to do. They, 
they forced three fumbles from Lamar Jackson, two Including of them. Including that critical one on that final drive that led the Ravens, that, that forced it into overtime. Yep. Yeah, so they made big plays. They gave up 86 rushing yards to Jackson, but you're not – that's just part of the – like, you're not going to stop him from running. But Especially especially with the fact he's going to have to run for now until the, their running backs get situated. But – Overall, it was a very impressive performance. The most frustrating thing about this Raiders offense for now is Carr's re- reliance on Darren Waller. Yeah, Carr looked bad. I, yeah, we were texting about it in the first quarter. I got quarter. absolutely frustrated because on a drive, he targeted Waller three times in a row. And it doesn't take an NFL trained defensive coordinator to realize I know where he's going with the football car especially when he well yeah you know cars going to Waller and when he does it twice in a row it's like he shouldn't go three times but let's double cover and then he throws it to him again and it's like have you you've completely marked now that Darren Waller is your primary target eight of his first 10 passes went to Waller and only one completed I think on the whole game, he had 19 targets, which is crazy. <laughs> but I mean, it panned out in the years. end, but he's got to spread the ball around a lot, right. lot more. He definitely but, seemed more comfortable targeting those more over-the-middle routes that Waller and Renfro run, because when he did try to target Ruggs and Brian Edwards on the outside, he was pretty inaccurate, I thought. He threw a lot of balls behind his receivers. He was, he was thrown behind, and he was thrown a little late. But, yeah, they, they, he got it done in the end. And over time, he had a car delivered with that crazy off-his-back off foot. Off-his-back foot. Yeah. Hit Zay Jones wide open for that walk-off 31-yard touchdown. So, it was incredible game after kind of a sluggish start by both teams. But give the Raiders some credit. It's an impressive win, one that I don't think very many people predicted. So, I, I'm going to – I'm happy. I lost one, but I won one in spectacular fashion. If you're going to win, like, go down in overtime. That's way to do it. Yeah, last game of the week, Monday Night Lights. It's awesome. Uh, both of my – Mike. Yeah, the Broncos and the 49ers, they both played on Sunday noon games, I think. Um, let's start with the Broncos. They traveled to New York to play the Giants. This game oh, so scary. This was one of the games that did go, I think, pretty much as expected. The Broncos' defense looked as good as we hoped they would be. They completely stifled the run game in Saquon Barkley. They, uh, they sacked down Daniel Jones twice, forced a fumble, only allowed the 13 points. And then on the offensive side, Bridgewater looked good, very efficient passer, as we expected, 78% completion. And uh, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Just a nice, solid game. And Melvin Gordon then, towards the end of the game, Melvin Gordon ripped off a 70-yard touchdown run. And that was the one that – that was the backbreaker. Um, but speaking of things being broken, there were some injuries. <laughs> how's, uh, how's Jerry doesn't drop Judy? He looked so good in this game before he went down with uh, what was later diagnosed to be a high ankle sprain, which is so sad. He's going to be out four to six weeks. He looked awesome. He caught six out of his seven targets. Just looked amazing running his routes as we expected. Another key so, injury, though. So, did it look like he had practiced catching in the offseason? I do believe that he put in the work with the ball machine and, and caught thousands of balls this offseason because he looked pretty good. I, I've, his hands looked strong and reliable, so he will be missed. 
Uh, on the defensive side, another key injury, they signed Ronald Darby, cornerback, to a pretty big contract this offseason, but he is now on IR with a hamstring injury, which all that means officially is that he'll be out at least the next three weeks on IR. So nice win, but at what cost? <laughs> Luckily, they still got I, Kyle We Fuller. won, but at what cost? Yeah. That's a meme. Um, and then the 49ers, they were also on the road playing Detroit. And I almost put this in the upsets because I think it is an upset that the Lions covered the nine and a half point spread. They lost by only eight in this game. And the <laughs> Niners also had some key injuries already. We've talked about Raheem Mostert a lot. He's been so good when on the field, but he's missed a lot of time with injuries. And he had, he made it two carries into this game before suffering a season ending knee injury. He had two carries, 20 yards, was looking great, and that was it. They also – so he's gone. Mostert's gone for the season. They also lost Jason Barrett, one of their starting cornerbacks, to an ACL tear. So not great. My, Go ahead. My guy – oh, no, I'm sorry. It's for the next part. Oh, Jeff Okuda. It's on the Lions' side. It's so sad. Yeah, Jeff Okuda, their first-round cornerback pick last, from last year. Former prove-it player. My prove-it player that was meh at best. Won't get a chance to prove it this year because he also had a season-ending injury to his Achilles. Mike, can you donate your Achilles to him? I don't think it's in uh, NFL shape. I would, but I <laughs> could do anything. <laughs> but to the actual game itself, the 49ers got up to a huge lead, as expected, 41-17. They mixed in Trey Lance. Uh, he threw his first career touchdown pass. But halfway through the fourth quarter, uh, the Lions mounted a bit of a comeback Scored a couple touchdowns, two-point conversions. Actually got the ball back with only, down only eight points, but uh, they weren't able to complete the comeback as Jared Goff threw incomplete on a fourth down, and that ended the game. But the Lions, no! Lions were scrappy here. They, they fought back. Look at their head coach. It's oh, is that as what, scrappy as you get. Is that what happened to Mostert's knee? Did someone bite it? Probably. I mean, if the Dominican Sioux can stomp on Roger's hand, why can't you bite someone's knee? I'm sorry, that was on the line. <laughs> anyway, so our, our playoff sleepers went 3-1. and one. Pretty good start for them. Let's very quickly t uh, touch on a few other games. The Chiefs beat the Browns. Uh, that was the expected result, but the Browns were leading for a while in this one. I think they were up 22-10 to 10 in the second half, but they couldn't hold down Mahomes forever. And I saw this fun little nugget. The Browns, actually, it's not fun at all for Browns fans. But the Browns have now lost or tied 17 straight season openers. Or their games to open the season. There was one and time. I, mean, I want to remind everybody in terms of when we say the phrase, it's just the first game. They lost last year, but then they went to the postseason. So it's like, don't, don't panic. Not yet. Right. And they showed... six, you can start panicking. <laughs> sure. That's fair. And this is another team that has a lot of new pieces on their defense that'll take some time probably to all gel together. Uh, the Thursday night game, first game of the season. Oh, my God. It was the best way to kick it off. It was Cowboys amazing. It, it was. It was an amazing game. And uh, I don't want to go through all these notes here, but the Cowboys look pretty good. They showed some signs that the defense is going to be better this year. I saw a lot of contested balls in the secondary. Amari Cooper! <laughs> yes, Amari Cooper. CeeDee Lamb, Dak, huge game for the Cowboys pass, uh, pass catchers. Uh, Micah Parsons looked awesome. 
They forced four turnovers, the Cowboys' defense. But they had to – their front four, though, the biggest issue I saw, they couldn't get any pressure on Brady unless they blitzed. And he's one of the best in the business at identifying where the blitz is coming from and taking advantage. And when they blitzed him, that's exactly what happened. Uh, but it was only a two-point loss, and that was with a couple of missed field goals and an extra point from Greg Zerline. So if it wasn't for those, the Cowboys would have won. They could have, yeah. So uh, awesome game. Tampa Bay looks like they're going to have some issues on defense this year too. I think they lost one of their starting corners to injury. And uh, but but the offense looked just as good as we thought. And I guess same thing on Dallas's side. So I feel good about both teams moving forward. The Sunday night game, the Rams beat the Bears thirty-four to fourteen. I just want to say one thing about this. I have one thing to say too. You go first. Congratulations, Matthew Stafford, for finally being on a serviceable team that supports you. So happy for him. <laughs> not that I, I'm not a Lions fan, but I am a Matt Stafford fan. And I felt so bad that even <laughs> with some of the best pieces around him, that team did jack. Yeah, he looked like he was having fun out there. <laughs> and uh, I, what I wanted to say about this game is I love Cooper Cup. That's all. I made the claim. We can go back. I'm sure it's on tape. Now watch. It probably isn't. I said he was my favorite receiver coming out of that draft. I have no memory of this, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I do remember you drafted him in fantasy last year, so that's, a, that's an endorsement. <laughs> uh, two more games here that I don't have any notes on. Seahawks beat the Colts on the road 28-16, and then the Panthers at home took care of the Jets. Darnold had his revenge, 19 to 14. Well, all that said, let's take a quick break. Come back with our week two preview. And we're back. I like that little fade out. Yeah, that's great. Now I don't have to do that uh, in the in the app this time when I'm uh, editing this. But, uh, yeah, Mike and Matt here back with you, 2M Football Show, where we've got our week two preview. And the game's ranked once again by Mike's Watchability Index. Mike's Watchability. I can't believe you did this. Like, I'm so impressed but so infuriated. I haven't filed the trademark yet, so don't be proud of me yet. (laughs) But uh, I feel less confident. We'll have our staff take care of that, right? We have a staff. That's right. That's right. That's not my job. That's someone else's job. I just want to say off the bat, I'm slightly less confident in my rankings this week, but uh, let's just go with it. First game I got yeah, on. Uh, here, I, I, don't, I don't like them at all. First, feel, that's, that's fine. That's fair. Feel free to uh, raise your concerns as we go through them. First game on the list here, though, I hope you won't disagree with. The Chiefs play the Ravens on Sunday Night Football. And uh, I, I do have to say off the bat, I'm a little nervous about the Ravens now. <laughs> Pick them to win the division. They've lost like half their starters to injuries. Uh, however, it's still Mahomes versus Lamar, and it's must-watch TV. Ravens are at home, so that might give them a little boost. Oh, that's one of the things we haven't talked about yet is their fans are back. Most stadiums, I think, are at full capacity now, and I think we're seeing that already make a difference for the home teams. But regardless, Chiefs at Ravens should be a great game. I'm taking the Chiefs, though. Yeah, I have the Chiefs as well. Okay. 
Now, this is already where things get dicey. Titans at Seahawks. I feel like this should be a good game. We're expecting the Titans to be a playoff team again, and the Seahawks – actually, the Seahawks looked awesome in their week one game. They looked like the perfect combination of the first half of last year when they had a great offense and the second half where the defense started playing. They had a complete game against the Colts. And the Titans need a rebound here, but this is a tough spot to get it going on the road to Seattle, um, taking the Seahawks. I think the Titans are going to bounce back. Um, I, I, I don't see them – I don't see Derrick Henry getting, you know, limited to 3.5 yards per carry again against mm-hmm. the Seattle defense. Um, Indy, I think, wasn't what we anticipated they were going to be, but they're, they're not a team that smash you in the face like the Titans are. So I'm going to go with the Titans to uh, rebound on this one. Okay, I like it. If they do get Henry rolling, that's really the key to their whole game plan. So that'll be a big, big boost. The key to my whole season. It's fine. <laughs> uh, Bills at Dolphins. Uh, which is a bit of a surprise here. The Dolphins are the only team in their division that won. Uh, so they are sitting in first place in the AFC East at the moment. Uh, Josh Allen, like we talked about, was sort of bottled up by the Steelers' defense, and Miami will hope to do the same. I think they will be unsuccessful, though, and I'm taking the Bills. I have the Bills as well. Raiders at Steelers. This one, I got to say, this one jumped way up the watchability index after. I would say that, you know, I get the quarterback battle between Chiefs and Ravens, but I'm not overly excited. Personally, I think this would be probably right up there with Titans and Seahawks, maybe tied at that level. Yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's something about Gruden, Gruden and the Raiders that makes them interesting. It's the kind personality. Of a, yeah, yeah. Like the dude's nickname is Chucky. <laughs> yeah, so I think this one will be a lot of fun. It'll be in Pittsburgh. Uh, and, yeah, I don't know. I think the Raiders are a team that you kind of need to throw the stats out the window and just watch them play. <laughs> but I'm still taking the Steelers, though, but – not as not in as big of a blowout as I would have predicted before last week's game. I'll say that. I think playing a stout Baltimore defense for the most part really got this team kind of showed the metal they're made of. If I'm going with the Raiders. Oh my gosh. That's a bold pick. I like it. I think my next pick might surprise you. Cowboys at Chargers. Uh, match it between some of our playoff sleepers from last year. We just talked about how are good we gonna are we gonna fall in the same lines as we did last year? Possibly. I'm taking the Chargers. <laughs> I'm taking the Cowboys. I think the Chargers are a more complete team because their defense looks pretty good, and we know they're great offense with Justin Herbert. And it's, uh, for whatever it's worth, we just talked about home teams. It's the Chargers' first game in their new SoFi Stadium with fans, I believe. So maybe they get a little boost from that. And, um, yeah, taking the Chargers. With Prescott healthy, I don't think the Chargers can stop that. That's fair, but can the Cowboys' defense stop Herbert? I mean, we to be completely honest, we haven't fully proven whether or not the, the Chargers have gotten rid of their fourth-quarter woes. No, you're right about that. One game doesn't uh, undo a 10-year-long trend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next no, up. No, I got, I got Dallas on this okay. one. Okay, that's fair. Thursday Night Football, Giants at Washington football team. Uh, both teams 0-1 coming into this game. It's the Taylor Henneke show now, like we talked about with Fitzpatrick's injury. Uh, I'm taking the taking the football team here, Washington. 
I think the defense Absolutely. is yeah, I think the defense is gonna it's another tough matchup for the Giants offense and Saquon. I think the Washington football team will win this. This is one where the Chase Young is the key. If he can make Daniel Jones uncomfortable and they can stifle Saquon in the run game, it's it's a no brainer. I think Henneke has the Giants defense was surprisingly decent last year, mm-hmm. but Henneke's shown that he can play in very difficult circumstances. Right. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got some poise about him. And uh, I'm going to just call it right now. I think Chase Young has two strip sacks in this game because Daniel Jones loves to fumble. He loves it. I can, I can back that. I can back that. I was going to say he'll have at least two to three physical sacks. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, Rams at Colts. This is kind of interesting. I'm a little disappointed by the Colts' week one performance, really on both sides of the ball. We thought the defense was pretty good. They gave up 28 points and four touchdowns to Russ. And we thought the offense might be okay, but, well, maybe, maybe, maybe we didn't really think that. But they, we know they have a good offensive line. Okay, it depends on who you ask. You know Drew's my still out. Drew's still out on Carson Wentz. <laughs> is it, my, though? I'm just glad he's on my wife's fantasy team and not mine this year. <laughs> well, that's because, and nobody else knows this other than those who are there, you had asked me, Matt, if I draft Carson Wentz, you, you, you need to punch me. And, boy, when you decided to draft quarterbacks, like, it was getting real dicey. I Thank was you. warming my fist up. And I didn't get a chance. Thank you for not uh, transferring the punch to my wife for drafting him. (laughs) Um, That's uncalled for. You punch whoever drafts Carson Wentz. I don't care who it is. (laughs) Mike's wife, I am so sorry. It's come to this. Whack. Patriots at Jets. Both teams 0-1 in a battle between rookies. Zach Wilson versus Mac Jones. Uh, We didn't talk about the Jets, but they looked pretty bad. Zach Wilson... Had a rough debut, which you can't really blame him for. It's tough. It's the Jets. Their offensive line is trash. They lost their best player on that line to injury in that game, week one game. So uh, Corey Davis had a, he a did. great game stepping Corey up. Davis? Good. Yes. <laughs> I think Wilson took something like six sacks against Carolina, which isn't the greatest defense. So I can. Yeah, did Luke Keekley come back? Yeah, right. But I can only imagine what the Patriots defense are going to do to him. So I'm taking the Patriots hands down. Um, I'm sticking by Mac Jones or uh, Zach Wilson. Oh, I think I forgot to say pick for the last game. Rams are beating the Colts. Yeah. You're taking the, you're taking the jets. I'm taking the jets. Okay. I have very little. Rams are my eliminator pick. Ah, okay. Nice. Mine is actually coming up right here. Falcons at Buccaneers. Oh, we boy, talked about the, the box. We talked about the Falcons week one struggles. Things aren't going to get too much easier here in week two against Tampa Bay. Although the defense showed some cracks, uh, so uh, maybe Matt Ryan bounces back a little bit. But overall, I can see Matt Ryan putting up a lot of air yards, but I don't see them beating Tom Brady and the Bucks with the way air, um, Atlanta's defense plays. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Taking the Bucks, and yes, they are my eliminator pick. That's cheating, but okay. <laughs> The Vikings play the Cardinals in kind of an interesting game, uh, sort of as a joke here. I say it's Patrick Peterson revenge game. And, of course, he used to be on the Cardinals, spent his whole career there until they let him go after last season, signed with Minnesota in free agency. And he looked uh, pretty bad in week one. <laughs> like we already, I think I already talked about it. Chase, uh, Jamar Chase put him on skates all day. 
So we'll see how him and how he and the rest of the Vikings defense do against another potent offense in the Cardinals who have uh, all of a sudden they have a lot of weapons in their passing game as opposed to last year after they added AJ Green, drafted Rondale Moore. It's a Chase Edmonds now is the lead back. This is just a really awesome offense. My question is mainly for the Cardinals defense. If week one was for real or if it was a fluke because they have another tough test here with uh, the trio of, let's see, Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and Dalvin Cook with, of course, Cousins delivering the ball. So it's the Vikings have a pretty good offense. All that being said, though, I'm taking the Cardinals. I can't trust the Viking defense just yet, so I have to go with the Cardinals as well, taking this one. Don't let me down, birds. (laughs) Saints at Panthers. Uh, Like I said, Darnold had a pretty nice start with his new team, the Panthers, uh, but the Saints defense is a very different beast from the Jets. I'm taking the Saints, but uh, my only question is, how long can Jameis Winston go without throwing an interception? What do you think? Do you think he throws one in this game? Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> love the confidence i agree i agree the panthers may not have the best defense but winston's probably going to throw a pick i don't think he can go two full games without it yeah they're not picking on kevin king so this is a different different beast <laughs> exactly i don't know who plays cornerback for the panthers but they're better than kevin king <laughs> i don't know who's who's running their defense but it's got to be better than dom <laughs> wait a second dom's not even back but i still hate him love it that's great. No, that's fun. Uh, are you taking the Saints to win? Yes. Okay. A couple more. 49ers at Eagles. Both teams 1-0. and Eagles, pretty impressive week one win against Atlanta on both sides of the ball, really. 49ers got, a, got the win like we talked about, but they're already kind of limping into the game with the injuries they've piled up again. Yeah. But I still think the 49ers have more talent, and I think they're going to win. I have San Francisco too. I the Eagles beat Atlanta. I can't put a ton of faith into that. Right, just a little nervous. You know, it's the Eagles' home opener. Jalen Hurts looked good. Defense looked surprisingly good, but I don't think they're really as good as they showed. So we'll yeah, I'll stick with the 49ers, but a little nervous about it. Uh, here's one I'm not nervous about at all. No Broncos at Jaguars. Jags. Come on, we don't even got to go into the details. No, we don't need to talk about it. Broncos are winning this one. Hands down. A couple more interceptions for Lawrence, most likely, and uh, Broncos' offense is going to go crazy. Uh, Lions at Packers, the Monday night game. I, actually, I should have bumped this one up, the watchability, after, after how interesting the Lions looked. That's where I heavily disagree. This should be up where Giants and Washington was. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. This is a really important game for the Packers. Actually, I might have started this before the week. I don't remember what happened here. You're right. This is poorly ranked. This should be higher. Man, Mike's watchability index sucks after the second week. (laughs) Started out so strong. Uh, But I really think this is a huge game for the Packers. They need to prove that last week was just a fluke, that Rodgers is still trying, (laughs) and that their offense is going to be more functional. And this is a good chance for it against a really bad Lions defense that just lost their top corner and Jeff Okuda, like we talked about. I think this could be a high-scoring game because I don't have much faith in the Packers' defense either, and the Lions actually look pretty good against San Francisco. 
but I am taking the Packers at home to uh, get the win. I, if, if they blow this as much as they did against the saints, this is the last time I picked green Bay to win. <laughs> Even if green Bay plays the jets, I will not be able to pick green Bay. Yeah, that's because fair. They, yeah. Two weeks in a row of perf- poor performance on offense tells me that there's something wrong there yeah i mean losing to the saints is one thing they're a good team with a good defense losing to the lions at home would be something else so let's let's hope we don't have to see this thing implode after two weeks i'll be calling for jordan love (laughs) you know me too never thought i'd see the day but yeah rogers needs to get his act together the whole offense the same for all of them and uh yeah get the win here on monday night against the lions Two more games. Bengals at Bears. Only thing I have really to say about this is that it's the revenge of the Red Rocket. <laughs> Which Never is let me back to our uh, YouTube show. Anyway, I'm taking, I'm actually taking um, the Bengals because Burrow looked good. I was impressed by uh, their defense doing relatively okay against Minnesota, who I think is a much better offense than the Bears. So I'm taking the Bengals. I'm going to take Chicago. Okay. Yeah, that's it. All right. No, no. I just think their defense is way better than what the Bengals face. So could be, could be, they had a tough week one game uh, against the Rams. So we will see bears are at home. I think this is, yeah, this will be the bears home opener. If they, maybe if they sprinkle Justin Fields more into the mix, uh, he did have a touch did he have a touch yeah he had a touchdown i think and they brought him in around the goal line and i think he ran it in if i remember correctly so they started integrating him more and more to get a spark on the offense that could help but i i'm concerned about the bears defense and the bengals are a tough challenge with the offensive line played pretty well Mixon running the ball and then they've got three good receivers so i think that might be too much for the bears to handle last game of the week once again, the Texans are in this slot. I think they're always going to be the least watchable. Uh, Texans at Browns. Uh, Browns 0-1 after the loss to Kansas City, but I think they get in the win column here at home against Houston. Yes, Cleveland takes this one. Texans do not go 2-0. Agreed. Now watch, I'm going to eat those words. What? Okay, what if the Texans go 2-0 and the Packers go 0-2? I burn everything football-related that I own. Just, just close up shop, cancel the podcast. Yeah, football's over. It's done to me. It's dead. I'm going to go watch, <laughs> I don't know, indie racing now. Blow all my fab budget on Nico Collins. <laughs> all right, speaking of – well, never mind. Speaking of nothing, let's go into what? the fantasy corner. <laughs> yes! Now, let's take a trip down to the Fantasy Corner. We're back, and we're in the corner of Fantasy. Oot, oot. And uh, so let's start with our redraft league. We both had uh, good, good week one results. I had, Some of us uh, a little more nerve-wracking than others. Yeah, yeah. Luckily... I, my matchup was all concluded by the end of the Sunday night game. So I just, at least for the part that I stayed up for, I was able to just sit back and enjoy Monday night. I had good games from uh, Hawkinson, Cooper Cup, and Sam Darnold led me to victory. 
and Matt, though, you going into Monday night, I, I think you were down, what, like six points or something? With No, 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 no. When the defense started, I was down like 20-something points. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with uh, Waller and Hollywood Brown on your as side. My, as my only players against the Baltimore defense. And, yeah, and for, thankfully, for the game didn't look good. <laughs> No, it was really nerve-wracking. Like, I was excited when the when the Raiders would score at all, and I'm like, oh, that's awesome because that's points away from the defense. But why couldn't it be Darren Waller? Right, I know. And they were trying. Carr really, oh, really boy, tried he was trying. <laughs> Derek Carr did not disappoint with volume, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but at the end, I feel like as much as I had some questions about my initial lineup going in, I – I'm glad I, I played who I played. Yeah, Hollywood Brown was a bold choice, I thought, but he, he was really good, heavily involved. In and he practice. was a last-minute swap-out uh, from Sunday morning because I had Michael Pittman in, but Ooh, going against yeah. somebody with Lamar Jackson, I was like, let me put Brown in as the number one because I also had Sammy Watkins. Right, yeah. I have both the uh, Baltimore receivers. They actually both had, end up having decent games. But I think Hollywood was a smarter choice. Yeah, he was. He was. You and these last-minute decisions, man. <laughs> I don't know where they come from. I'm just like, this. <laughs> but, yeah, as the game went on, the Ravens' defense point total kept going down and down, and your guys were going up and up. So it ended up not even being that close, actually. But it was a little nervy for a while. But – Yep, we're both 1-0 and in week two. I'm actually playing against my wife this week. Who I beat last week. Yep. Maybe we'll wager uh, watching the kids for a day or something. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> and you are playing against friend of the podcast, Nick. Who? Yeah, I know. I'm looking at our matchup now, and it's even keel. <laughs> 126.7 projected versus 127.3 projected. Doesn't get much closer than that. And uh, let's see, in terms of lineup decisions, the only, the biggest thing I'm really looking at is the flex here. I'm not going to change anything else. But, well, I already benched Darnold because he's playing New Orleans. Not going to do that. <laughs> uh, Carr has a tough matchup with Pittsburgh, but he threw for over 400 yards against Baltimore. So I'll leave him in. That's fine. Uh, my biggest situ- uh, decision is at the flex between LaVisca Chenault, who was fine in week one, Jamal Williams, who was actually great for the Lions. He and he and DeAndre Swift both had pretty huge games. And mm-hmm. the Packers, Packers defense is bad. So that's tempting. And then I've also got Naheem Hines, who got a new contract. Seems like he's going to be pretty involved in the Colts offense. But uh, I don't know if the, how good that offense is actually going to be. So... That's the decision there. I'm kind of leaning Williams right now. How about you? I got some wide receiver battles going on in my my camp over here. Yeah. Um, I swapped out recently. Who did I draw? Who did I move? I moved somebody around because I I moved um, Tim Patrick against Jacksonville. I like that matchup, mm. so I moved him up into my right. roster slot. Especially with the Judy injury. Um, so I feel really good about that one. A lot of it is just these players have great matchup opportunities against these defenses. The question is, are they going to perform? Like 
Rodgers is projected 20 points. He was projected 18 last week. Yeah, what did he get, like two? <laughs> uh, I can tell you. Rodgers scored 1.3 points. <laughs> oh, man. Derrick Henry, 9.2. And yet you still Oh, that's won. what I did. I swapped out. I had Michael Pittman in, and I swapped him out for um, Tim Patrick for Denver. Bro, okay, yeah, I like that. Um, so but, luck. yeah, so I just got some wide receiver decisions, and then I know I drafted Taysom Hill because it was funny, um, but, you know, I don't know if I should say this out loud, but Jordan Love is kind of piquing my interest because I don't know about Roger's stats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is interesting. Who knows? Like, the speculation is he'll get traded after the season. Who knows if there's still a possibility of something happening during the season? I don't know. Right. It's just it's an, it's an unknown, and I don't know if I want to be prepared for it because I noticed someone in our league paid a lot of money for uh, Heineke. Yeah. Well, that was Nick because he had Fitzpatrick, so he was right. needed a quarterback. But, yeah, if, can you imagine? I mean, people are going to be spending 100% of their fab budget if on love if something happens with Rodgers. <laughs> So, so it's like, it's like this decision to make now is like, and I'll make it by the end of the day, but it's like, ugh. like, cause the, on the reverse side, what if, you know, Winston, even if Winston got hurt, Hill is clearly the next backup. Right. Yeah. So it's like not saying, you know, I wish anybody hurt or anything, but you know, Winston had a great week one. What happens if he completely regresses this week? You know, it's right. What if he throws five interceptions this week? Sean Payton it, might it, make this. It's so weird. It's a weird position to be in, but I'll have a decision made by the end of the day what I'm going to do. All right. Maybe I should make sorry you mad and drop Robert Tunyon. <laughs> right. He was so desperate for a tight end. Then he traded DJ Chark. Well, actually, we already, I don't think we talked about it. We had a trade already in the league before the week one matchups. <laughs> yeah, that was insane. Surio basically didn't draft a tight end. So he traded, uh, DJ Chark to, to Brittany for uh, Rob Gronkowski. And then they actually both had big games. So I guess it was a win-win. <laughs> Except for right, Zario, yeah. who actually lost still. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It happens. So, yeah, that's our redraft league. Good luck to you and me. And the countdown, two more weeks until we're going head-to-head in this league. <laughs> oh, so excited. Um, what I'm really excited about was our fan duel. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, – I mean, we I hit a pretty solid haters. <laughs> um, so, unfortunately, uh, due to Monday night's game, I slid a few slots. But mm. out of $100 that I put in on this roster, which I used against you, yeah. I wound up making back $300. Woo! Wow. And Not the bad. roster, which I don't know. I don't know what possessed me to think this was a roster worth banking on, but it clearly worked. Oh, it was so good. You, so your roster put up 149 points. Everyone on your team, I was looking, had more than 10, except your defense, which had eight. So nobody was like a complete dud. And you got a few big performances in there too. So that's, that's how you, exactly what you want. I had Kirk Cousins, Nick Chubb, Antonio Gibson, Chris Godwin, um, uh, more for Carolina, Amari Cooper, Logan Thomas, DK Metcalf, and the Broncos D. And when Man. I looked at it, like, I don't know, it was late Sunday. My jaw hit the floor. I was like, no. <laughs> well, good work. No. I don't know how you did that. Uh, it was kind of close for a while. You beat me 149 to 137. I blame mostly Raheem Mostert. 
he was averaging on his two carries, he was averaging 10 yards per carry. He was in line for a monster day against Detroit, but then of course he got hurt and got me no more points. So Rip. you lead our competition one to zero and also won a nice chunk of change. So good job. Hats off to you. Thank you. I, it's never going to happen again. I cashed that out immediately. And went, yeah, nope. yeah. <laughs> right. What they want you to do. I know do. how gambling gets you in Vegas. I'm not playing this game. Exactly. I do have some money left over, so I'm going to have to formulate another dynamic roster and just go all <laughs> in against the house again. Nice. Well, good luck. Unless you use the same roster against me, then uh, screw it. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell you. All right, and that's it. We'll save our, our week two FanDuel. We don't have the lineups in yet. Uh, my understanding. Because FanDuel's being a jerk. App was being stupid, so yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that uh, next week. See if Matt wins any more money. And that's it. That's the show. That's the show. That's the show. That's all, we folks. We still have energy to do stuff, Mike. Yeah, I know. I don't feel the need to immediately go lay down and pass out like usual. Uh, you usually have to edit. I'm the one that usually goes and passes out right away. Yeah, that's true. Well, hopefully, uh, I've got, yeah, I've got plenty of energy for that now. So uh, this time I'll get all the swear words beeped out. <laughs> <laughs> so proud of you. Got a little emotional, emotional a few times there. I'm sorry. And uh, yeah, so what a great week one. I'm so excited all in on week two, which uh, assuming I get this out, we get this episode out today. We'll be getting started tomorrow with that Washington versus New York Giants game. And we will be right back with you next week to recap it all again. And until woo, woo, it's on. It's it here. is so on. Yeah. Enjoy the games. This is the most fun part of the season. Screw you, Mike. <laughs> Love you too, buddy. Have a good week. <laughs> See you next time. See everybody else on the gridiron. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on The Gridiron.